Welcome, everyone, to another episode of NFL East Podcast. Make sure to follow the NFL East Podcast on Podbean. Join the Facebook group. You can watch every episode of NFL East on YouTube. Make sure to make sure to like, share, and subscribe. I'm Mr. McDolphin. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Mr. McDolphin73. And make sure you follow the show on Twitter at East NFL. What's up, Rich? Another good weekend of football. Oh Better than the first God. weekend, even. Uh, uh, NFL record-setting week two, baby. Yeah, this week is why two. you love football right here. <laughs> that is exactly right. I watched um, the, the early games the one o'clock games. I watched a couple of those and I came out, of course, you know, my dolphins played and we know a little bit about what happened there. And we're, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. Um, I came out of that with that exact thought. This is why you love football. This is it. This is why yeah. you love it. And then I watched the, the four o'clock games and I was like, what's up with these Cowboys? You know what I'm what saying? Up? I mean, so I was like, man, this is just unbelievable week. Um, yeah, they, the they're not dead yet. Right, exactly. Cowboys. Exactly. And, um, yeah, that's that's exactly exactly right. They are not dead yet, and we're going to jump into that. And uh, and then I and then I took a deep breath, and I was like, um, not, not only do I get to be a fan, um, but I get to get on a podcast and, and rant and, <laughs> and talk shit. And, let them know. And, uh, and, and <laughs> let it be known what it's like uh, to be – to be a Dolphins fan and, and witness what we witnessed in in Baltimore. So yeah, me and you were the amazing. same. Me and you were the same. You were high off of your team's uh, great comeback win, and uh, for Dallas, it was just so many question marks. And uh, it looks like there's a path to victory somehow. Exactly, so, man. After, exactly. after Sunday, right? Exactly. We talked about it on Thursday about the Cowboys, and and we were like, you know, if Hopefully they can be competitive. Hopefully the defense can can show up. I don't expect too much with Cooper Rush, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and I, I think you even said, you know, if we could walk out of there, you know, if we could walk out of that game with a victory, then it'll it, it would be outstanding. But but you just wanted them to show up and be competitive. Well, I, I'll tell you what, you got you got a guy on that uh, on the big DD on the Dallas's defense. He showed up. Named, Micah Parsons showed up, didn't he? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was an all-time great performance uh, against Cincinnati. Man, man. And was, we, we'll talk. We'll yeah. talk about. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, there, there's people. It, it's kind of funny. Like since Sunday, um, you know, I, I've been watching these shows and things like that, and and people can't help but but mentioning like the greatest defensive player of all time's name when they're when they're talking about Micah Parsons you know yeah um, yeah LT and they're like oh no never mind I, I, we're not supposed to compare nobody to him you know what I'm saying but uh but I I don't know man I don't know I understand right. well I'll say on, here. I'll say real quick on that because I watched Lawrence Taylor play when he back in the day yeah uh there's a the similarities are really there I mean yeah, exactly. uh what Lawrence Taylor did to a, a team's offense is what Micah Parsons is doing right now Right. Uh, exactly. You, you, exactly. He's just so disruptive. He takes you out of your game plan, uh, and it's just uh, it's just so, so hard to game plan against Micah Parsons because he's so flexible. Exactly. Uh, and same with Lawrence Taylor. It wasn't how many sacks Lawrence Taylor got. It was every play 
was a, was a challenge. Every play, everywhere on the field. It, yeah. it didn't matter. It didn't matter if he yeah. dropped back, if he rushed, if he stopped the run. It was it was he was disrupt disrupting every play that your offense could put up. You had to account for LT. You yeah. see what I'm saying? And I'll tell you what, I, I see a little bit of uh, Micah. You know what I'm saying? I, I see Micah flash like that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Could could you win defensive rookie of the year and the next year win defensive player of the year? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think so. I think you can do it. I think it will be done. Yeah, Michael um, Parsons is not a fluke. He's the real that's, deal. Oh no, no, he's a, yeah. he's a real deal. That's um, my the one hot take is is exactly that. Uh, Michael Parsons, defensive player of the year. Um, yeah, he's, he's on pace I for thirty four sacks. Right, exactly, and I can say that kind of comfortably only because you know um, T.J. Watt is is hurt, and so he's going to miss some games, and of course miss some stats because of that. So. Um, and I think that just kind of opened the door for, for Micah. So, all right, man, well, let's get into this. Let's get into the, uh, takeaways from the East. We're going to run through that Dolphins comeback game. We're going to, um, run through that Cowboys game and all the other games of the East. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. It was an NFL record breaking weekend. Um, and we, and weekend, uh, you have to count Monday as the weekend because there was <laughs> records that were broke on Monday night also. So there you go. Let's do it. Takeaways from the East. All right. Take a deep breath because um, I decided what I wanted to do with this uh I was like, how do I get on the podcast and, and, and explain that Dolphins game? <laughs> the Dolphins won 42 to 38 against the Ravens in Baltimore. And the, the best way that I could think was to just describe my emotions um, live. Um it was crazy, man. It was crazy. The very first play of the game was a kickoff punt return um, by Baltimore. The Dolphins are down seven to nothing, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it, it was it was a hole to dig out of. And it was just it was it was shitty. Um, yeah, it was extremely shitty off the gate because we're playing a very good Lamar Jackson led Baltimore team, and to start that in the hole just really really kind of crushed me but the first quarter they um Tua Tua went down uh, scored and we tied it up and uh I was like okay all right cool now now it's zero to zero let's go let's go baby you know what I'm saying second quarter came and my heart just sank the the Dolphins scored one touchdown. The Ravens scored three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Lamar Jackson was having a, a day. He was having a great right, day. exactly. Yeah, I had him um, in fantasy, and he was he was killing it for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, just at halftime, it was seven to twenty-eight, and it was just starting to look like a blowout. It was it was just starting to look like a blowout, and and my heart started to sink. I started to doubt. I started, I started to, I tweeted a couple of tweets. Um, 
that really, you know, I, I kind of take back now, but it was just kind of doubting the whole, is this our franchise quarterback kind of thing? Maybe not. Now, didn't uh, didn't and, Tua, and throw, didn't Tua, Tua throw an interception right before the half that yeah, uh, Baltimore came, two, ba- came back and scored? Yeah, gave, Tua, Tua threw two interceptions in the first half, and it looked very Tua up to this point. You know what I mean? He made, he made a couple brilliant throws, just yeah. great throws but a couple dumb decisions and I put both of them on him. Yes. One of them was to Tyreek Hill hit Tyreek Hill bounced up, ended up being an interception. He should have never forced that ball Tua yeah. should have never forced that ball. And that was just, that was him playing outside of his self. You know what I'm saying? Because realistically, if that ball would have been thrown just a little bit harder, a little bit faster, got there a split second earlier, Tyreek would have caught it and everything would have been fine. But he doesn't have that arm, so he can't make that throw. He needs to know that about himself. And I don't know. Yeah, so what I was thinking was this. This is what I was thinking. Halftime, Dolphins 7, Ravens 28. This this game, the rest of this game, is going to tell the Dolphins' season. That's what I thought to myself. And, and what I meant by that was – if we come back in the second half and we hang in there with Baltimore and we can make this game competitive and who knows, maybe even win, but I didn't really think win, just competitive. You know what I'm saying? Then there's a shot that the Dolphins are, are going to the playoffs this year um, because we can, we can hang in there with a really good team and a really good quarterback. But if we come back and, and do what we did in the first half and get blown out. This team's not even going to win 10 games. This team's going to be lucky to win nine, maybe even eight. Same and, old Dolphins. And it, and it would be very much the same old Dolphins. Um, and, th- and that was my thought pattern at, at the half, right? So I had, I had hopes. I had hopes that we could at least come back, make it competitive. I mean, one thing happened for the defense in the first half when we we held Baltimore at the line, first down, second down, third down, they were on the two-yard line and could not get it in. Went for it on fourth down, and Lamar Jackson fumbled the ball, and we got it, and they turned it over in downs. Um, That we saved them, so we saved that seven points. Our defense did that. The rest of the half played shitty. So if, if they could group together and the defense could come up and figure out how to stop Baltimore, I think our offense is good enough and we have good enough weapons to, to put up some points. So I, I thought there was a chance that we could at least make it competitive. The third quarter came and the Dolphins only scored one touchdown in the third quarter, but the defense held the Ravens to one touchdown, right? So at the end of the third quarter, we were still behind <clears throat> 21 to 35. We were, we were still Going into the fourth quarter, we were behind the same amount of points we were at halftime. And and I was like, okay, okay, it's no worse. So what's going to happen? Well, the Dolphins scored at the start of the fourth and, and made it 21 to 35. The next seven series, this is how it went. Ravens turned the ball over in downs. Dolphins scored a touchdown. Ravens punt, Dolphins score a touchdown. 
Ravens kick a field goal, Dolphins score a touchdown. Just boom, boom, boom. I'm talking three, four play drives, big plays, over the top, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Just instant offense. Just instant offense. Some of the best play calling that I've ever seen in my life. Coach Mike McDaniel dialed it up. Um, yes, Baltimore Raven, there was a, there was some blown coverage in the back, but that's what the speed of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill do. They will blow your coverage. You see what I'm saying? They, they will if – Yeah, they totally you, exploited that secondary for Baltimore, which is – Right, exactly. Right, it's, it's, which is it's that efficient. give them an inch and they'll take a mile. That's what it is. Your defense messes up just a little bit. They're going to exploit it. They're they're going to because they they're, they're going to explode. They're going to create. There was there was um he he had Tyreek Hill talking about when on one of those touchdown passes he had five yards of separation. Ten yards later, he had ten yards of separation, and that's just how fast he caught a safety backpedaling, turned on the burners, and was gone. You see what I'm saying? And that's that's what he does. Yeah, it's that's creating, why he's so dangerous, yeah. Right, exactly. It creates uh, separations. Some of the ending stats for that was Tua was 36, to 50, 36 out of 50. I do not like seeing Tua throwing 50 times, but we were behind. We He had to this game. You know, some games you're going to have to when you fall behind like that. That's not the overall plan for the Dolphins, though. They they. The running game played pretty good. We used Moster and Edmonds pretty good this game. And and going forward, it needs to be a bigger part. But when you fall behind, you have to throw. And that and that, you know, came up with Tua throwing 50 times. And he was 36 out of 50 for 469 yards. That's a great day. Six, six touchdowns. Six. I didn't like that's that's what I'm saying is six touchdowns and, of course, those two interceptions in the first um, half. Tyreek Hill had 11 catches for 190 yards with two touchdowns. Insane. Jalen Waddle had 11 catches for 171 yards and two touchdowns. That's All all of that's amazing. Yeah. Check this stat out. Lamar Jackson, 21 out of 29. 319 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and ran the ball for 119 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, That's he had, a bad man. Yeah. Baltimore, pay that boy. Pay yeah, he had, that man. Yeah, they're insane. They're insane. Uh, I was going to say something that uh, there was a release that came out with uh, uh, Lamar Jackson before the game Sunday that um, he had considered three other teams – one of them was Philadelphia. I believe Miami was the second one. Right. And uh, another team that um, uh, he would consider uh, if he, because he said he's not going to play on the franchise tag next year. Right. So, right. I mean, we'll see about that. I do not. I, I, I thought that might, might have a dark cloud over Miami or Philadelphia because, you know, uh, you might be looking at your replacement there. Right. You know, but it didn't affect, affect uh, Miami that much. They, they rose to the occasion. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was great. Um, actually, the Dolphins and Ravens game 
made some NFL history. So let's run through this. Lamar Jackson now holds the NFL record for most 100-yard rushing games by a quarterback with 11 of them. He passes Michael Vick, which is one of my um, favorite quarterbacks of all time, Michael Vick. And uh, I thought I seen a little bit of Michael Vick on Monday night. <laughs> Wearing that Eagles. Woo, baby. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a few. So congratulations to Lamar Jackson for now holding that record. Waddle and Hill were the first teammates to ever have 150-plus receiving yards, 10-plus receptions, two-plus receiving touchdowns in the same game. That's amazing. Think, yeah, I feel like amazing. that's going to be repeatable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Team 40-burger. That's, 40 uh, burger. Yeah, I yeah. think they might do that multiple times this year. <laughs> I think so. I would. I take advantage maybe, of every chance you get. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe not those high of numbers, but I see it being that equal multiple times this year. Yeah. Um, it also broke some Dolphins history. Tua joins Dan Marino and Bob Greasy as the only Dolphins quarterbacks to ever get six touchdowns in one game. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Dan Marino only did it once, and he lost the game. Dan Marino lost the game. Six touchdowns mm. and lost. So mm. It was a different game to you back then, though. <laughs> yeah, a totally different game. And, and you can't match to match, but yeah. one of my but favorite still. pictures was Dan Marino was, was at the game, at the game in Baltimore, and was in the locker room, and you have him and Tua just celebrating together. It was amazing. Awesome. One of my fa favorite pictures of all time. So Because okay. for me – for me as a Dolphins fan, as an older Dolphins fan, I have to I have to go back to the Dan Marino era to feel like this. This is the I haven't felt like this since Dan Marino in the early 90s. I haven't felt like this. I haven't I haven't had these emotions. I haven't seen our team do this. You know what I'm saying? And um I feel sorry for younger Dolphins fans that that did never witness that, you know, this is the first time that they get to feel it. But luckily, you know, I, I remember, I remember going to the playoffs year in, year out, year in, year out for over a decade stretch, always being considered, always being part of it. And, and uh, a man at quarterback that you had enough faith in could know, could win you any game on any night, against any opponent and that that's who Dan Marino was that's that's what Dan Marino did for the Dolphins sure and it, uh, it's it's awesome to feel that again you know what I'm saying it's awesome it's awesome now <coughs> Tua did it I I, I now I, I want to see it the thing is that this here's the thing this is Tua's third year and up to this point Tua has never put a game on his back and said, oh, okay, defense, you, you've kind of struggled this game a little bit. Here, let me win this for us. Let, let me take care of it. You see what I, he's never done that. He hasn't done that for the oh, Dolphins yeah. yet. But he did on Sunday. And, and now we know he can do it. So now we're going to call him out to maybe have to do it. I'm sure, I'm sure that he's going to have to do that again two or three more times this year. Sure. He's going to have to. So yeah, and, and you got to give credit to. Know he can do it. So got to give you to uh, credit to you, the coaching to have that faith in Tua to tell him to keep slinging it, uh, work his way out of it, dig himself out of that hole. Uh, that's going to be a big confidence booster for uh, Tua and for the fans, like you said. It's been a while. It's been exactly. a minute since you can feel like uh, 
you got a team that can beat anybody else on a given day. Coach Mike McDaniel, I can't. This game was brilliant, brilliant, brilliantly called. Just one of the most best coached games I've seen in a long time. And and what about this guy, Belichick? Week one, Harbaugh. Week two, he's not getting chump ass coaches. He's no, no. beaten legends. He's beaten Hall of Fame coaches. You know what I'm saying? And sure. I, I know that it's two weeks, but he's he's out game planned them. You know what I'm saying? He figured it, Baltimore did really good with uh, their defense most of this game. You know what I'm saying? But by the fourth quarter, Mike McDaniel figured out how to blow that how to how to blow that defense up. What he needed to do to fit, he figured out the defense and. Went for it, you know what I'm saying, and and it worked. When you have burners like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, you can do that. Here's a stat, and this kind of leads to my doubt at halftime. So people will will not bitch at Dolphins fans that that doubted so much. But since 2011, teams were zero and 710 if trailing by 21 points in the fourth quarter. Not anymore. Not anymore, baby. That's another stat that that you can't talk about. So that's pretty cool. Anyways, that was the Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I listened to that game on the radio. Uh, yeah, it was a great game. And, that and, fun. and that's that's what I was getting ready to say. Was if you're listening to this podcast, you're either a fan of one of these eight teams that we highlight every week, or you're just an overall football junkie. Either one. You need to go back and watch this Dolphins Baltimore game. It was amazing. I tip my cat to Lam- my cap to La- Lamar Jackson. What amazing, amazing, amazing game that he had. Coach Mike McDaniel, Tua Tungavailoa, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. You boys are 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 beast. And that defense to step up, I mean, when did you hear what I said? Turned it over and downs, punt, punt, field goal. That was defense stopped them. Defense stopped them. Defense quit forcing to kick a field goal. Defense stopped them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sure. that, it's some amazing shit, man. So, yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Miami Dolphins going to be must-watch TVs on Sunday. Right. I think they're right. going to exactly. keep uh, – okay. they're going to be one of the most exciting offenses in the NFL, I believe. So. Right. All right. Especially Let's, next week. Next week, when we get into that, that's going to be a, another big challenge for him. But I think yeah, gonna we're, we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about that on Thursday when we come up with games for games for the week. So, all right. Let's fast forward to 425 p.m. Bengals. Super Cowboys. Bowl runner-ups. <laughs> the Cowboys. Bengals and Cowboys. Cowboys pulled it off. Beat the Bengals, the AFC champs. 17 to 20. What do you got on this game, Rich? Yeah, well, this was a big game for the Cowboys. Obviously, we were one or zero on one, which the Bengals were as well, but uh, people expect them to bounce back after that. All I heard all week long was how angry the Bengals are because they got beat by Pittsburgh in week one. They're going to be retaliating against a a Dak Prescott less Dallas Cowboys team on the ropes. But, uh, uh, we started Cooper Rush, who was starting his second NFL game. Uh, 
he played he played really good. He didn't have uh, any interceptions, no turnovers on his part. Uh, he did have one one sack, but the story of the game was Micah Parsons. Uh, Micah Parsons, he's a uh, bad man. Single handedly destroyed that offensive line for uh, Cincinnati. There, in fact, their their offensive line is definitely their weak spot, which is the bad case for them. But they had uh, Joe Burrow's seeing ghosts all game long. Uh, I think he had six sacks for the entire game, but he was so pressured that uh, uh, he never did get in a rhythm. But the Cowboys did get in a rhythm offensively. They scored on their first opening drive, uh, which they didn't score a touchdown in week week one. The only team in the NFL not to score a touchdown. Uh, Cooper Rush determined to score a touchdown on the opening drive. They actually went for it on – fourth down and two inside their 50 yard line. Um, pretty gutsy call to go with your backup quarterback to, to uh, run a play on fourth and two. Uh, and he didn't run a running play. He ran a pass play. He threw it uh, 17 yards. Uh, maybe he had a 17 yard completion there and it just, they just had all the momentum going from that point. Uh, Cincinnati's defense is pretty solid. They're not, they're a respectable defense. Uh, Cooper Rush really shredded him on the first two drives. We, we went up 14 to nothing in the, in the first quarter. Um, kudos to Kellen Moore for toning down his offensive play calling <laughs> as far as uh, no double reverses, uh, no flea flickers, anything like that. And actually, probably he might have done that if Dak was playing because he loves that stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe he watched our Thursday podcast, heard us talking about him, and you know what I'm saying. I said, right. oh, these guys are right, man. I need to, I need to get back to the basics. Yeah, get back to the, stick with the base, especially with the backup quarterback, uh, uh, who was definitely fundamentally sound. Um, but they got they they got up 17 to three on uh, Cincinnati, and that's going to be hard for any offense to come back, uh, considering Dallas' defense is playing off the charts right now. Uh, two games uh, against Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, and Cincinnati, Joe Burrows. The Dallas defense has given up two touchdowns. That's it. One touchdown in each game. Um, they're going to be the uh, – They're gonna. we're going to go as far as our defense goes, I think, particularly with, with Dak Prescott out. But this was a big game because if we went down 0-2, then who says we don't go 0-4 or 0-6 waiting on Dak Prescott to come back? But at this point, being one and one, we're right in the mix, and we've we've got the easier games on our schedule coming up. Right. So, huge games for Dallas. Uh, definitely, I was like you. I was pretty. I was pretty hopeful because I thought, you know, I'm going to do a podcast and my team's going to go four and twelve or whatever, four and thirteen. <laughs> That's going to suck. Um, but now we're right back in the mix of it, and we're getting we're getting players back next week. So, uh, the Trajectory should be going going up for the Cowboys, even without Dak Prescott for a few more weeks. Right. So I I watched this game, and I was impressed with Cooper Rush. I was impressed, right. and uh, he 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 did find those tight windows, and that was that was pretty amazing. Um, Kellen Mond did do some pretty v- basic play calling, which I think he needed. Not only that, you have, because of all of the injuries to the wide receivers, 
Cooper Rush is playing with the guys he practiced with. You have that second a big string, advantage. you have second string wide receivers and a second string quarterback. They practice together all the time. Their chemistry is there, and you could see it. And you could see it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. it was it was pretty amazing. It was pretty cool. I I think the coach of that game was Dan Quinn. He was Absolutely. he just he diced <laughs> Cincinnati. He just he tore Cincinnati up. He knew what Cincinnati was gonna do before the coach called the play for Cincinnati. <laughs> so yeah, he was it on- just it just looked like that. So he yeah, Jamar Chase had only he only had Jamar Chase had uh, like four catches for fifty yards. Yeah, oh, so it took him out of the game. Shut him down. Really no, did. No, no, over the top big plays the whole game. Mm-hmm. So, no, and part of that was the pressure on on Joe Burrows. He was running for his life back there. He didn't really have any kind of chance to sit back and uh, and pick his targets. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, Cincinnati yeah. needs to get back to that running game they had last year. They really do. They they need well, to establish right. the run. So. Yeah, and uh, you know Mixon was fairly cons- uh, a little effective with uh within this game, but. Uh, they never they can they had kept him contained the whole game so, right. uh, yeah they really stifled Cincinnati's offense which they're struggling for a lot of other reasons maybe uh, they they're off to a slow start the Super Bowl hangover for them but uh, I know they did a lot of talking last week about uh, uh, about about Dallas Trayvon Diggs and uh, right uh, stuff like that but uh, they're not talking now. <laughs> Right, exactly. So, they're exactly. They're in trouble, uh, actually. They better get it together because that AFC is going to be. Uh, yeah, there's no blood right there. Zero and two, and it's it's not looking good. Um, that Baltimore team is is really really good team, and I I don't see how they can't win that division. I, I just I, I mean I don't I don't see it. Uh, speaking of that division. Jets, Browns, Jets pull off one of the most amazing upsets, or I don't even think it was an upset, but just just last two minutes of the game, 31 to 30, Jets pull it off in Cleveland. I have to apologize when we did our games of the week on Thursday, I was dreading this game. I was like, Jacoby Brissett? Joe Flacco, really? You guys are gonna force me to watch this game? This <laughs> freaking this game had some awesome quarterback play. I'm talking awesome quarterback play, not only from Joe Flacco, also from Jacoby Brissett. It was amazing. Check this out: Jacoby Brissett went 22 for 27, 229 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and had a QBR of 98. That's a pretty good game. Amari Cooper showed up. Uh-oh, he did. Oh, Amari Cooper, nine catches, 101 yards, and one touchdown. And of course, Nick Chubb, 87 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, Nick Chubb was nice. Uh, a lot of people are making comments that uh, Amari Cooper scored a touchdown this season before anybody on Dallas Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's true. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Joe Flacco's numbers: 26 for 44. 307 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He did fumble the ball once. 110 QBR. It's amazing. The rookie that 
everybody was excited about coming out in the draft, Wilson, eight catches, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. He might be getting rookie of the year. I don't know if he keeps that up. This was a good game, man. It came down to the last two minutes in the fourth quarter. It was amazing. The Jets, it was 17-24 to Cleveland. Cleveland scores a touchdown, okay, but then misses an extra point. Remember this. They missed an extra point. Okay, it made it 24 to 30. Yeah, the Jets score and make it 24 to 30. They kick an onside kick, recover the onside kick, and then with 22 seconds left, Flacco Wilson touchdown, make it at 31 to 30. Jets win the game. It was it was just that. It was like you got to see decent to good quarterback play and i was surprised because i i was i mean you all heard me on i'm with you yeah i i was like these are two shitty ass quarterbacks or okay quarterbacks that were okay back in the day and are kind of washed up now and haven't performed really good in quite a while and i have to watch them and i was like whoa whoa okay Okay, I know. Yeah, you got some weapons, Flacco. Okay, yeah, you got some weapons, Jacoby. You, you guys got it going on. And then it came down to the wire. This was this game was evenly matched. It was it was evenly matched. Jacoby played just as good as Flacco. Flacco played just as good as Jacoby. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. Wilson played just as good as Amari Cooper. You know what I mean? It was that back and forth kind of thing. And it came down when a game's like that, it's going to come down to special teams. And that onside kick, recovering that onside kick, and not only that, Cleveland, Cleveland's kicker missing that extra point, right? Because if he wouldn't have missed that, all they would have done was tie it. This game would have went to overtime, and who knows what, who would have won. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so right. it, it was special teams, lost it for Cleveland, won it for the Jets, and that's what it was. And good for the Jets. Their, their defense, of course, uh, didn't look all that great. I told you, Jacoby. Jacoby Brissett's numbers. <laughs> the Jets' defense kind of, kind of uh, didn't play as good as they did in Week One. But this was an exciting game. This was right. a cool game. I'm glad and happy for the Jets. I don't. I mean, if they were going up against anybody a little bit better than Jacoby Brissett, they would have lost this game. But Joe Flacco had the ability to hang with him and said, okay, yep. no, I can put up some numbers too, buddy. He he looked very – in this game, he kind of looked like the Joe Flacco from Baltimore Ravens. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a little yeah. bit. Um, and, and that – because you know how that defense carried that team over and over again. And oh, Joe, all, all Joe did was not mess shit up. You know what I'm saying? And and, and kept him in every single game. And, and he did that this game, kept him in it. Special teams won it for him. Well, he won it. He won it. Him and the rookie Wilson won the game, but the special teams gave them the gave him the opportunity to win the right. game. So it's a great game. And like you, like you said, it was an evenly matched game, so that made it that made it pretty exciting. Um, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really good. Really, really cool. All right, so we have uh, Washington Lions. Lions putting up them points, baby. Putting up them points. Washington. Commanders fall 27-36 to the Lions. What you got, Rich? Yeah, uh, this was actually uh, a game where completely dominated by the Detroit Lions in the first half. That halftime score was 22 to nothing. Uh, 
a, a high efficient offense. Uh, Jared Goff, four touchdowns in this game. Uh, they were really rolling it offensively and defensively. Um, they've got a, a fumble a fumble recovery off of uh, Carson Wentz in the end zone that led to a safety. Um, so they were just having their way with them. But Washington came back in the second half, you know, uh, and Carson Wentz ended up with three touchdowns. He did have an interception, but uh, he tried. He really did try to drag that team back. Uh, like the Jets game, the special teams kind of let him down a little bit. They uh, they missed an extra point that would have brought them within eight, eight of Detroit within one possession. Right. Uh, that you know you can't kick your extra points; it's going to cost you. So that kept them down by nine. Uh, so putting even more pressure on them. Uh, I gotta say, Washington is a team that doesn't do anything super well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like Carson Wentz, like, like I said, he got three touchdowns in a game that, uh, you know, he he kind of caused them to get in the hole to start the game with, but uh, uh, still good enough to try to come back. And uh, I noticed their rookie wide receiver Jahan Dotson. I know we paid a lot of attention to him in the draft. Yes. Uh, he. He looks like a nice receiver. I think he's going to be uh, he's going to be a you know a nice pick for Washington. It's going to give them a, a wide receiver number two. Um, so they yeah, I really liked Jahan Dotson. Uh, yeah, uh, coming out of the draft, I really liked him. So, yeah, he was high on the board for everybody. I think. Uh, yeah. uh, there was so another Washington- rookie in this game that I was high on in the draft, boy. My boy, Aiden Hutchison. Would he yep. get three sacks, baby? Three sacks? Uh, nice. Yeah, well, three sacks on Carson Wentz is, I, you know, you're not going to ride three home about that. Three sacks by a rookie. <laughs> he looked like the Tasmanian yeah. devil coming in there. He wasn't letting anything stop him. So. Yeah, yeah uh, definitely. I, I like the players on uh, Detroit. I think they're going to go somewhere. Yeah. I think they're going to be a team that uh, people are not going to want to play. Almar, uh, St. Brown, Swift. And then they have yeah. Hutchinson on the defense. Not, I mean, the. I told you I was going to watch the Lions team. I, is it a fluke they're putting up this many points? They put up another thirty-six points back. Yeah. Oh, I think they'll. I think they're they're going to be an efficient offense. Uh, right. And you know, Jared Goff, he plays within his limits because that's all he can really do. But uh, <laughs> that's all they need, you know, at, at least for now, until they get some more, you know, build build that team up even better. Which there, I think, I, a lot of it's just going to be maturing. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. The other I, players. I, yeah. Washington. I, I was. I was expecting Washington to kind of just sleepwalk through there, but they did. They have some fight in there. I, I'll give them that. Yeah. Uh, they they try to come back and make a game out of that. Uh, yeah. The the Lions said you got to you're going to have to put up some points to beat us. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and outlasted just a little bit. So. That's, yeah. that's pretty wild, man. Yeah, but they jumped on him really, really early, and yeah, that's a good that's a good strategy to win a game. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's uh, we'll switch to a game that had nowhere near as many points <laughs> as that game. The Panthers went to MetLife Stadium to play the G-Men. And Baker Mayfield goes home with a loss, 16-19. to This was just like my other game. It was so 
evenly matched. The only difference is, is this was the game of field goals instead of touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Right. There was so many field goals kicked in this game. Special teams and turn special teams and turnovers were the difference in this game. It's what it, what happened. That's there was offense played a small part, defense played a small part, special teams played a huge part, and whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win the game. I mean, that's basically it's the you know the old school football. The kickoff, Panthers, uh, the G-men kicked the ball off. Panthers fumbled. Recovered by the Giants. Results in a field goal. The next drive, they get it. The Panthers fumble. (laughs) Recovered by the Giants. Resulted. And a field goal. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's turnovers. It's turnovers. And when you go, just think if you were playing a better team at this time, you'd be down 14 to nothing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you would, you'd be down 14 to nothing. Luckily, the defense didn't let them score, forced them to kick field goals. But they were putting points on the board, you know, and this was going to be one of those defensive hard-nosed games that these three points at a time can win this game. Kind of like the New England game we're going to talk about here in a few. It's very similar. You know what I'm saying? Very similar. Daniel Jones was 22 for 34, 176 yards, one touchdown, and was sacked three times. Saquon Barkley was held to 72 yards. Baker Mayfield went 14 for 29, 145 yards, one touchdown, and was sacked Twice, Christian McCaffrey was held to 102 yards. So he did get over 100 yards. They did play Christian McCaffrey quite a bit more, but it was the New York Giants kicker. He made field goals from 36 yards, 33 yards, 51 yards, 56 yards. The dude was just putting the foot to the ball through the uprights. Scoring points, scoring points, scoring points, scoring. Got an all pro kicker there. <laughs> all pro. Um, my fantasy kicker, by the way. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that worked out <laughs> my good. Fantasy kicker, yeah, he, he scored me some points. Um, he scored me some points. I, this I, week. I feel like this is probably true for Carolina, but the Giants, if they're going to win games, they, they have to be ugly games. You know yeah. what I mean? They have to be kind of a brawl. They have to be uh, only one. One big play, you know, a, a, a Barkley 60-yarder that goes for a touchdown, and that's right. going to really be the difference. Something like some of that effect. They have to get muddy. They have to make their opponents muddy as well. Right. So. Well, for me, this was awesome to see in week two. This was awesome to see because week one was such a hype for Saquon Barkley, right? It was such a hype. He, he's not going to do that every week, okay? So when it's kind of brought back down to earth, he's held under 100 yards – the defense said, hold up, wait a minute. We can come out. We'll win this game for us. We'll come out and stop them. Special teams, you take the rest. You know what I'm saying? Just we, We'll just put the points up three at a time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's good. So now they, they're they 2-0, baby. 2-0. G-men, 2-0. They are. And they've, proven, and they've proven their offense can step up and win a big game. Saquon Barkley can go off and put up some points if he, if he needs to. And if, if your defense is good enough to stop them, well, the G-men proved that their defense is good enough to step up. You know what I'm saying? At least against an offense with Baker Mayfield and right. you know that. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey, they held Christian McCaffrey right at 100 yards. You know he he never got the big play. 
He never, they held him, they contained him, yeah. you know, and, and never gave him that big play downfield. They were, the way they won this game is the way that every team beat Baker Mayfield when he was in Cleveland. And that's block his vision, his sight, because he's not a big guy. He's not very tall. Blocked it and constantly got in his face. Yeah. He looked up. They were swatting down balls. They were, you know, um, and, and the strongest part of the Giants' defense is that defensive line. You know what I'm saying? And they're big. They're long. They're tall. They're they And they just stayed in the face of Baker Mayfield, and that's what happened. And kind of um, – you know, kind of, kind of won them this game. The defense stepped up and won them this game. I mean, it was special teams, and of course, <laughs> the kicker when you're when you're kicking field goes from everywhere on the field. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you you pretty much you pretty much get the game ball <laughs> again. Like right, right. Um, yeah, give it give them props to the Giants two and zero. That's pretty impressive. Nobody was expecting that. Right. Uh, even even though their schedule is a little bit soft, but you got to win in the NFL. They still count. Right. Exactly. All right. What about that uh, Monday night game, 7-15 game, Titans, Bills? It it looked like to me that the Bills showed up um, and looked just like the Bills. Uh, They're rolling. They uh, they didn't miss a beat from last week when they played the Rams. Uh, Definitely a blowout win. Uh, Josh Allen, 300-plus yards, four touchdowns. Diggs had three touchdowns. he was pretty much unguardable there. Uh, you know, this is a, what is it? A 17 to seven game at halftime, I think. Is that right? And then, uh, right. Yeah. But then a 24 point explosion by the Buffalo Bills in the third quarter, uh, which is going to happen a lot. You're going to see that a lot. Of, if they, if they're better than a team, I think they can, they have the firepower to make them pay for it. Right. Uh, so not much of an exciting game. That got to say, the Jets game was probably a little bit more exciting than the Titans Bills. From a the Jets game was awesome. Yeah, man. For, you know, it was awesome. If you're a Bills fan, you probably had a great time. If you if you just like if you're a football fan, it's yeah, it's the Bills blowing out another team. I, well, I'm sure that I, I know that the Bills fans, the hometown f- Bills fans, they they were having fun. They were tailgating on Sunday. They were oh, wow. they were out at the stadium tailgating Sunday afternoon. The game wasn't until 7:15 Monday night. Those Crazy. people were drunk off their ass. Yeah, they're uh, they they're going They're feeling day. pretty good right now, no doubt about it. Right. Uh we'll see how it plays out still, but uh, I've been wrong a little bit about the Bills. They do look great. I mean, which I knew they would look good, but we'll see how they look this time next week. Yeah. Yeah, they they have to come to Miami, so and we'll yep. we'll talk more about that on Thursday, yeah. but Hopefully Miami can show a little bit. Uh, Tennessee is really in trouble. They're a, they're a team that's they just do not uh, look good, man. They, they don't, don't look good at all. They uh, their quarterback Tannehill Tannehill uh, uh, hor- horrible numbers yesterday. And a good team can take away your running game, at least right. contain it a little bit. Right. Uh, which is looks like what the Titans have to deal with right now. Right. They may not be going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> yeah, I think Jacksonville might win the South, man. I really do. Uh, they, they're right. That yeah, I can't argue with that. They're good. They've got the most potential. Right. 
like as far as youngest quarterback that can that can do something and everybody else is falling and they, apart. they looked pretty good on Sunday. They looked good. They did. They did. They looked you know, good. Uh, and shut the Colts out. Shut them out. Colts look look terrible. I you're going to see some coaches get fired here pretty soon. I mean, I know that they have uh they have some injuries. <laughs> they they have, they have good players. I uh, I don't know if uh, Matt Ryan's going to be be enough at this point in his career to do too much damage with them. But all right, but well, let's keep moving. We still got two more games. We got the Pats Steelers. This was another low scoring game. Um, the Pats went to Pittsburgh and won. They went on the road and and brought the win. Got the win, seventeen to fourteen. Pats got back to that power running, good defense. This is Bill Belichick written all over it kind of game. That's yeah, what he did. New, New England style of game for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what he did. Mac Jones went 21 for 35, 252 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, he finally found um, Aguilar, six catches, 110 yards. One touchdown. That was that was pretty good. But uh, Ben Harris had a uh, 15 carries, 71 yards, and also got a touchdown. But that wasn't that wasn't the story of this game. The story was the, of this game was Bill Belichick said, "I have a defensive coordinator coaching my offense. My defense has to step up." You know what I'm saying? And defense stepped up, held Travinsky to under 200 Yale yards, held. Najee Harris to under 50 yards and said, you're not going to have a running game. You're not going to have a passing game. My defense is a Bill Belichick shut you down defense. And that's what we're going to do. And that's, and that's what happened. They, um, they played really good. Their defense played really good. And if, you know, I mean, with Mitchell, Mitch Trevent, Trevinsky. Trevinsky, yeah. Trevinsky. What do you expect? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's he has they did a good job. They kept him contained. I think that the Patriots on the offensive side of the ball was very lucky because the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is just as good as theirs when the when they're all healthy and up and running. You know what I'm saying? So Mac Jones would have had a whole lot of a harder day. You know, if TJ Watt was in there, so they, they definitely benefited they from did. that, yeah. which was good, but it don't matter. I'm not going to knock the kid. He still showed up. He did his part. And, you know, as long as I don't screw things up and lose the game, Bill Belichick and one of the greatest defensive minds of all time can can pull off this win. And that's what he did was show up. And you know what I'm saying? And yeah, that was a big win for New England. It really was. Uh, they 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 needed to win, or or they yeah. were just going to start moving in the wrong direction. Yeah, so. yeah. Now they, I I had predicted them before the season start to be a playoff team. So they, you know, this is going to help move. Well, yeah, they're way. definitely not going to be a playoff team if they would have lost that game. So right, yeah, that would have zero two. Now that now they're still in the mix at one and one. So that's that's pretty good. NFL boy Brandon, I know, is happy that his Pats figured out a way to to pull off that win and i'm sure on thursday he might have some more to say about it but but yeah, he's got to be thrilled their defense played really good so 
Yeah, and that's a big win over Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh uh, traditionally gives New England a lot of fits. Uh, definitely good coaching there and uh, coming off a big win. Right. Against another really good defensive team. Yeah. And it was it should have been a defensive slugger, you know, just knock out Mike Tyson fight is what it should have been. But it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, because Pittsburgh was missing some key players. Mac Jones is a little bit too good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he didn't have anybody in his face constantly. He wasn't laying on his back saying, holy shit, can Watt not hit me again? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so they didn't get to rattle him, and that's what happened is he did. Uh, yeah, good for then, Mac Jones. Good for Mac yeah. Jones. He did not get rattled. So Yeah, good, good, good for Nelson Aguilar uh, for catching six balls in the game. Aguilar finally showed up. <laughs> Aguilar, yeah. yes. Yes, that was awesome. Yeah. Really cool, really cool. Yeah. All right, so let's go to the last game of the week, 8.30 p.m. Monday night. The primetime game. Yeah, The primetime game. The Minnesota Vikings coming to Philadelphia. And you thought they were going to come in there and just like pluck this bird is what you were saying on Thursday. They were just yeah. going to come in there yeah. and, and, and uh, manhandle the Eagles, but that did not happen. It did not. It I think the, happen, Rich. the fault with my logic is this is a stat that I knew about, but I forgot about it. Uh, Kirk Cousins has never won a primetime game. He's never won oh. a Sunday night football game, Thursday night football game, or a Monday night football game. Yeah, you might have you might have uh, needed to take that into consideration. I should have gave that stronger <laughs> consideration for sure because uh, he wasn't winning last night. He was he was awful. That was a terrible performance by uh, right. Kirk Cousins. I uh, three interceptions. Uh, he could have had eight. Uh, he wasn't seeing the field at all. I don't know if he drinks. <laughs> he started drinking after five because <laughs> he was playing like a drunk person out there. Um, right. I felt bad for Justin Jefferson. I had said last week that. Uh, uh, Darius Slay could not stay with Jefferson, Jefferson, but Darius Slay got two interceptions off of him and could have possibly had more. Uh, so right. I'll have to eat some crow for uh, Darius Slay. Uh, right. But although I got to say, I watched I watched uh, a clip of all the uh, catches to Jefferson, and they were so off. Uh, I don't – Jefferson had no idea where Kirk Cousins was throwing those balls. <laughs> And I think that's Chris Cousins' fault because he was just he was a, a terrible quarterback last night. Uh, right. This game was twenty four to seven at halftime. Uh, and unlike Miami, the Eagles are not Team Forty Burger. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. that was the final score. They neither one of those teams scored in the second half. Okay. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins uh, just making a making a drive down the field to throw it away every single time. It seemed like. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, I caught parts of the game, watched. Um, I was working Monday night, but I also, you know, I got a long break and was able to catch a big chunk of the game. The Eagles' defense looked really good. They looked oh, really well, sure. good. Man. Yeah, the Eagles' defense, they were – I mean, I understand it is the Vikings. Um, the Vikings came out, looked really strong week one. Kirk Cousins was uh, – I think everybody needs to come back down to earth and remember Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. And if your defense can shake him up a little bit, he's going to start making stupid stupid mistakes, and that's what it was. But ha I tip my hat to the Eagles' defense for shaking him up. 
that's what they did was they, they shook him up. They were all yeah, over was, the place. Yeah, they he was never the field. They were yeah, it's, were it's wild that uh, he played with uh, he played with so much composure against uh, the Packers last week, and uh, but he he looked uh, he looked like worse than a rookie out there last night. Um, I'd like to say something about Jefferson. People people like to praise him as maybe the best wide receiver in the in the league. It's maybe true. Uh, CD Lamb had more fantasy points than Justin Jefferson uh, or Jamar Chase this week. I'd like to point that out. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Um, I believe if you added all three of their fantasy points up together, it still if wouldn't you, come up to Tyreek and Waddle. Probably so, not. And, no, because none of them got touchdowns. None of those right, three exactly. got touchdowns. Yeah. Right, exactly. So uh which Waddle got and just for the record, my fantasy team, I have Tyreek and Waddle both on my team. So yeah, and put Waddle in the starting spot and just yeah, set it, needs, set it and forget it. In flex and yeah, yeah. Because I feel like if uh in that regard, we don't want to talk about fantasy for just a second. Uh, uh, Tyreek Hill, they, if they decide to take one of him or Waddle out of the game, you still have the other one right there. So you can't stop both of them. Excuse me. Yes, you are correct. And the first two weeks, they tried to take Tyreek out, and that's what happened in the New England game, and that's why Waddle got so open and won the game. And you know what I'm saying? It, it was Tyreek, 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 Waddle, Waddle won the game, right? And and this week was Waddle, 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 Waddle. You know, they teams even double teaming can't shut Tyreek down. That's the yeah, problem. He's, even he's double teaming, talent, yeah. he's still faster. And so, yes, Waddle is going to beat most defenses one on one. Okay, and your defense is focusing, tr- focusing trying to shut Tyreek down. And Waddle will beat you one on one, so Waddle is going to get his. But Tyreek is also going to get his because even double teamed, he's going to blow some coverages. He's going to get past some guys, turn the burners on, and all we need is Tua to throw the ball up there and get it to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, last thing about that Vikings Eagles game was I started this episode by saying it was an NFL history setting. Weekend and another record was broken this game. Yes, he only scored 24 points, but Jalen Hurst is the first quarterback in NFL history to pass for 300 plus passing yards, 50 plus rushing yards. That don't sound like very much, does it? But he held an 80% completion percentage the whole game. So he threw for 80% completion percentage. While doing that, Michael Vick has done that multiple times, 350 yards, 300 passing, 50 50 yards rushing. He's done that a few different times, but never held an 80% completion rate. Yeah, that's that's Um, probably Jalen Hurst's highest completion rate ever as well. Uh, Because he's he's usually right around the 52%. So Yeah, and and that's – so good for him. Good for him. You know what I'm saying? And and maybe it's because they only scored 24 points. If they would have scored a couple more touchdowns, he probably would have been a lot less accurate during those two, right. <laughs> during those two right. times, and then he wouldn't have this record. But um, yeah, they went super... Anytime you throw eighty uh, percent completion percentage, that's pretty freaking amazing. You know, it is. It's pretty I, remarkable. To a tongue of is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. If you ask Tyreek Hill, and he's he can't throw at eighty percent. You know what I'm saying? He's no. closer to seventy, but yeah. still, that's. Uh, it's a little bit of an anomaly. I'm not 100% sold on 
Jalen Hurts, but I'm not going to take any glory away from him. Uh, right. Did he is he making the next step this year? I mean, so far he's pretty good. Definitely uh, the best quarterback in the NFC East at the moment for, through the right. first two games. And, and my bold predictions, baby, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right, cool. Uh, we will see. We will see. I, I'm really looking forward to week three. Oh, it's going to be a uh, barn, another barn burner, no doubt. Yeah, it's going to be – NFL is so smart, man. That God, man, every week, week in, week out. And that's that's why I love doing this podcast is just because it's, it's just so much fun. So we get to come back on here Thursday, and right. we're going to take a look at the games of the week, and we'll get into some news from the East and um, take a look at some injuries that happened and it looks like who's going to play this – Week three and who's not going to play? Hey, so, real quick, let me. Yeah, oh, the the narratives for the games coming up this week are just are off the charts. There's okay, too All much right, what do you stuff got? Well, I want just want to make one more point about uh uh the about Micah Parsons. Actually, uh, we had talked last week about he was going to go on uh, uh, Skip Bayless's show. The yes, uh, he's got to go every Tuesday. Uh, he ghosted him again today. So Micah may just not be doing it. Yeah, he didn't show up today either. Maybe he just decided to stay home, chill, and watch our podcast. Hey, it's a better use of your time. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. No, so I'm glad about that. I wanted—I forgot to bring that up when uh, I was talking with the Cowboys. No, that's great. That's a great. That's a great. Screw Skip Bayless. Screw Skip. Yeah. (laughs) I'm 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 cool with Sharp though. He's all right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, everybody, make sure, once again, make sure to follow the NFL East podcast on Podbeam. Join our NFL East Facebook group. You can watch every episode on video at NFL East on YouTube. So podcast, you get the audio version, YouTube, you get the video version. There you go. Like, share, subscribe. I'm Mr. McDolphin. You can follow me, Instagram and Twitter at Mr. McDolphin73 right there. See, it's right there in my name right there. Or you can follow the show on Twitter also at East NFL. Rich, we got another podcast coming up Thursday. It's time to turn the page, man. Let's get yeah. our outlines together. Let's take a look at this week three. This was a good podcast. Week two is in the books. I'm ready mm-hmm. for week three. NFL boy Brandon will be back with us on Thursday. We're going to break down these games that are coming up, make our predictions, talk our shit, and um, and then come back like we had to about the Jets and the Eagles this week and probably eat some crow next Tuesday. So maybe we'll we should see. call it Eat, eat Crow Tuesday. If we you don't know what? Better- That's good- <laughs> I like that, yeah, because there might be a little bit of that going on. Well, sure. yeah, I mean, if we don't get better at predicting and calling shit, then uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, I think I'm still in the good – I'm in good shape for my uh, uh, fourth, first four-game predictions here. I still, yeah, I still yeah, have the I'm Cowboys going – I, I got the Cowboys going three and one, and uh, I got the Eagles going two and two. So right, exactly. I'm still, I'm still um, in for that. And next week is our power rankings. Next week, next Thursday is our power rankings, and then the Thursday after that, we take a look at those four games. We see what we did, and then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna take a look at the October preview. So yep. and do the next four games. So that that'll be fu- that'll be fun. The next couple of weeks of this podcast is gonna be a lot of fun. But yeah, keep it going. 
Right, exactly. But Thursday, we're going to take a look at week three games. So until then, y'all, this is the NFL East podcast. Till Thursday, peace. Keep hope alive. <laughs>